The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Amon, and this is your DFS preview for this week's RSM Classic. Joining me to break it all down, we've got him, Keith Stewart. Keith, good to have you, bud. Rick, it's great to be with you. Let's go on a run this week, huh? Yeah, let's let's do it. Usually we'd have uh, Greg Ducharme here. I had a little bit of travel, so we were looking for uh, someone to take his place. And I said, I know a guy. I know Keith Stewart from Read the Line. I know he loves this golf course or golf courses, and we've got a lot to talk about. Yep. There's no doubt about that. This is two very special places from, from my PGA career, no doubt. All right, well, let's let's jump right into it because uh, we're ending this FedEx Cup fall with not one, but two courses. We've got the seaside course at Sea Island Resort, and we've got the plantation course. Now, we know, Keith, that the, the seaside course is going to play host, but for the first two days, everybody is going to get around on each one of these golf courses. How do we start to differentiate between the seaside course and the plantation course? Well, the plantation course is going to score a little bit easier, mainly because they have those four par fives. Both courses are relatively short. And, you know, I don't know if you want to jump there yet, but there's going to be a bit of weather there on Thursday. So whoever draws that seaside on Thursday is going to have a much more difficult day than the people on plantation, which is a little bit more tree lined and a lot more protected. Yeah, the wave advantages can get um, pretty significant around here. So as we chat on this Monday afternoon, we don't have the tee times yet. So we are playing a, a wait and see type of game. But I think that's important to note, Keith. I'm, gl I'm glad you brought it up because the rotation has historically been, I mean, if it's, if it's a shot, if it's a shot and a half, that's pretty significant across the, the field in terms of an average. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And it, it looks as if, I mean, four of the last five winners have gone plantation, then seaside, and that's weather independent. So um, it almost seems like if you can get off to a hot start on the easier golf course, then it's, you know, uh, all gas, no break from there. <laughs> and when you look at the guys that have had success around this tournament. So both golf courses, you see a lot of, I don't want to call them plotters, Keith, but guys that aren't necessarily the longest in the world, right? You mentioned it uh, by PGA tour standards. These are relatively short golf courses, staying within the trees, staying out of trouble and giving yourself plenty of opportunities to play out of the short grass seems to be one of the ways to find success. I mean, I think a great comp course, uh, it maybe it's not as picturesque, but it's along the ocean. And that's when they play the AT&T Pro-Am out there at Pebble Beach. And they have all those golf courses. You, you have to play positional golf off the tee here. Now, 
I, I've played both golf courses many, many times. And for me, it's just driver. But for these guys who are much longer than I am, um, there's definitely places that you want to hit to. They aren't the longest holes in the world. Uh, for them, believe it or not, from a 400 to a 450-yard par 4 is not that long. It's basically like a three-wood driving iron and, and a scoring iron. So uh, I, I think at the end of the day, you really have to keep an eye on guys that are really good at getting in the fairway, proximity to the hole, and, of course, they got to be able to putt. Yeah, you got to be able to make putts. Now let's. So that's kind of off the tee, a little bit of putting, and you you mentioned it, a, a scoring iron in hand. When you start looking at some of these uh, distances, you know it does tend to be. And correct me if I'm wrong. You get a lot of wedge opportunities. You get a lot of short clubs into these greens to set up those birdie opportunities that you're obviously going to want to take advantage of. There's no doubt about that. I, I think it's ten of the twelve par fours are under 440 on seaside, and you know, uh, geez seven of the 10 on, um, yeah. on plantation, you know, so you're, you're sitting there for those guys. That's gap wedge, pitching wedge, nine iron into all those greens from the layup point. Yeah. I mean, the plantation course, whether you're starting on one or on 10, one and two are two par fours that are 373 and 380. 10 yeah. is 372. You get a par three at 11 and then a 400 yard par four on number 12. I mean, there's, there's some short opportunities to get you out of the gate here, potentially rack up those, uh, you know, those, those birdie streak bonuses and things of that nature. You talked about getting off to a hot start, not just on the plantation course in general, but like immediately out of the gate, you can start taking advantage. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, the first hole there, I mean, you could land, you could land a plane there and it's, it's like 370 yards guys like uh, Ludwig. I mean, they could almost, they, the guys, they hit it as far down there as they can. And then they pitch it on because it's a perched green. It sits kind of sideways at a weird angle. But I mean, when you're hitting in from 30 yards, um, it's a scoring hole. And the second hole is the same way. Just a tree down the left gets in the way. But I mean, they hit two iron, probably sand wedge in there. It's, it's, uh, it's, Birdies all the way. Um, fourth hole, par five. I mean, it's just right away on plantation. You can go after it, and, and the back nine's the same way. Yeah, lots of opportunities out there. Here we go. Before we uh, switch over to the cheat sheet, last five winners, Adam Svensson, Taylor Gooch, Robert Streb, Tyler Duncan, and CH3, Charles Howell III. Is there a through line, Keith, between those, those names that ended up hoisting the trophy on Sunday afternoon? I mean, it almost, they almost, they all seem like the same guy. Like if we were called, if we were called into the precinct and they were in a lineup, I mean, they, their, their stature would be similar. I mean, they're like the same guy over and over again. And there's two things that they do that the stats tell us is that they're very good on approach and they're even better at putting. And obviously this is coastal Bermuda. So you got to know how to, you know, putt these greens down there in the low country. Um, you got to putt towards the rip. If you know what that means, then you're definitely going to make a lot of putts. Yeah, you're doing good if you know what putting towards the rip means. All right, well, we're going to start naming some names. We'll go through the top of this board and all the way down to the bottom. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they 
are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym and Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Keith, let's jump into this. This is the cheat sheet on, on rickrungood.com. There are three golfers over $10,000. It's Ludwig, it is Cameron Young, and it is Brian Harmon. Let's start with the big three. These are the biggest price tags, the guys that you're expecting the most out of, but you can't roster them all. You can't get access to all of them. How do we start splitting hairs amongst the top of the board here? Well, I, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with who's been playing and who's been playing well or who's been playing at all. I think Ludwig's got all the motivation in the world. Uh, he's played all fall. And, you know, a lot was made when he went to the Ryder Cup that he had never played in a major championship before. Now, now, granted, he was in college, so he was taking classes. And, he, you know, it's tough to make it to the Masters. But he sits on the official world golf ranking, Rick, at 53rd. I think that guy has all the motivation in the world. He goes, what, Ryder Cup, second, 13th, 10th, you know, whatever. I mean, this guy's just racking up great starts on all different types of golf courses. And if he gets in the top 50 after this week with a really good finish, he's going to go play Augusta. Yeah. You know, and, and those other two guys, they're already there. So I, I think he's got a lot of motivation. We haven't seen Harmon since the Ryder Cup and Cam Young in Mexico. Oh, Mexico. <laughs> not, not his best showing. No, it wasn't, which is it's certainly alarming for me. You know, the, the idea of Ludwig and you kind of you you alluded to this a little bit earlier. You know, there are some fairways which I'll have no problem hitting out there. But what what is the advantage to a guy who is so long and straight like he is at these golf courses? Oh, it's a huge advantage. There's no doubt about that. Um, and that's not hyperbole whatsoever. You you take the really good drivers of the golf ball, and we'll get a, get to a couple of them as we go through, but I'm definitely favoring those guys in my DFS boards. There's, there's no doubt about it. And it starts right there at the top. Uh, obviously, he'll be very popular, but it's tough to walk away from Ludwig. And, you know, okay, so you talked about splitting hairs, right? Mm -hmm. So Cam Young, another great driver of the golf ball. But who's a little better right now and who's been playing more and who's got the proven track record? I think you got to go with Oberg. 
Yeah. And the, the, you know, I don't want to call them red flags. Maybe they're pink flags for me is, is Cam Young, you know, didn't really get to the finish line last fall in the way that he, in the way that he wanted to, you know, he struggled coming down the stretch. And then you mentioned it, the, the one event that he played in Cabo, a T54 for a guy who was one of the favorites to win there, that, that starts sounding little alarms for me that I need to see something first. And when you've got uh, him in a sandwich between Ludwig and Brian Harmon, it's kind of tricky to click on Cam Young's name. I mean, Brian Harmon lives there, runner-up last year. Yeah, I mean, you've got all the reasons in the world to look at him, uh, you know, especially with the confidence that he's playing with. First ever Ryder Cup, first ever major championship this past summer. Um, Cam said it, you know, in, in his interviews as the week went on down in Mexico, he goes, I'm working on some things. Well, it's obvious he's working on some things. Yeah, and when you're ten thousand nine hundred dollars and one of the favorites, I don't love to hear that you're working on some things. I, no, it makes me a little bit worried. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Sorry, Keith. No, you know, you know, I always say when I walk the range at those events, I'm looking for people that are working and they're working. So who has it working and who is working? And Cam yeah. Young right now, he's working. And two two things. Keith, you get to probably more events than some of these golfers do. How many events did you go to this year? 25? Have you gotten to 25 yet? No. Well, no. RSM, <laughs> I, I fly out to RSM tomorrow. It'll be my 22nd. Okay. Oh, so, so so you've played more than like Rory McIlroy has this year. <laughs> I I have. I have. Yeah. It, um, I haven't teed it up yet, so I like his chances, but uh, I've been to a couple. That's for sure. Uh, and also is... is the RSM driving range, the best on tour. Whew. It's really beautiful. It's right Man. there around the back and you've, you've got the ocean and it's It's massive and it's a big circle goes around. It's, it's a top tier practice facility. Oh man. Um, yeah, you hit me with that one because I, <laughs> I've been to that place. I, you know, I've played there so many times in their national pro-am. Um, and it's so, it's so near and dear to my heart that like the reason I, the only reason I paused there, and didn't say like unequivocally, yes, was that because like, I wish I was just there right now. It is that sweet. It's right there on the St. Simon sound. Um, it's just the coolest place. It's, it's, I mean, a sunset there. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't think of a better range for a sunset. It's spectacular. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, go go check it out. It is phenomenal stuff. Uh, the nine K range here, Keith is is still full of of great options. Uh, Corey Connors is ninety nine hundred. Then we get to Russell Henley, Alex Noren, and JT Poston. We round out the range with Justin Sa, Siwoo Kim, and Eric Cole. So now here is a bunch of those guys that if you if you attached you know twenty twenty three champion to any one of these names, I don't think I'd be particularly surprised. So how do we go allocating our funds here in this range? Well, I think, again, you got to start with who's been playing golf. You know, Corey Connors and Russell Henley, we haven't seen them in a while. Uh, and it seems as if when these guys in that first event, when they come back, especially an event like this, where average scoring is going to be in the high teens, if not pushing 20 under for the winner, uh, it, you don't get a warm up round, especially if that first round is on plantation where you need to shoot five or six under in order to keep pace with the contenders at the top of the leaderboard. So I'm going to push those guys aside. And I, I mean, my question to you, Rick, was how do you not play Alex Noren? Right. The things that he does really well, he puts the ball well, the guy's a grinder and he hits his irons really well. He did it last week. He's obviously in great form. How do we not go there again? 
Yeah, this is some of the better form we've seen from Alex Norton in, in quite some time. It's the T3 in Vegas. It's the runner-up finish in Bermuda. The advanced metrics certainly trending in, in the right direction. I, I'm with you here, and I and I will find it interesting as we go further on in the week about who becomes popular and who doesn't become popular. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of you know, the sea Island mafia guys. And like, how many, how many of these types of guys can we get into our lineups or even to the extent? And I agree with you. I, I, I worry a little bit about Corey Connors and Russell Henley, not playing competitively for like the last two and a half months, but there's going to be some percentage of people that say, Oh, I haven't been able to play Corey Connors in two and a half months. I'm going to go play Corey Connors. This is my last chance for a while. And what is that going to do to somebody like Alex Noren, who is actually cheaper this week than he was last week? Obviously this is a, a stronger field, but that doesn't change the way that he's been playing. So I think you're, you're right, Keith, we're kind of getting a bunch of factors right now where, where Alex Noren is appealing on Monday afternoon. And I think he's going to continue to be appealing Tuesday and Wednesday and until this thing tees off on Thursday morning. Hey, for me, like when you go back to the other screen, this is why the cheat sheets, the cheat sheet, right? Look right there at the top, Corey Connors. Everyone's going to look at it and say, oh, he plays great at RSM. You know, mm-hmm. look at those finishes. They're all nice green, Rick, you know, Rick game and green colors and everything. But at the end of the day, he hasn't teed it up yeah. and he's going to need to roll out on seaside or plantation, probably in the rain on Thursday, and crank out a four or five under par. And ball striking wise, yes. Scoring wise, I don't know. Russell Henley the same way. I mean, if, if Russell Henley was in that lineup of winners, right? Those, you know, Streb and and Tyler Duncan and all those guys, right? Spenson, Henley would fit right in there. But yeah. you know, I, it's much easier. I mean, everyone's going to be all over Poston. They, yeah. They're going to be all over that guy. And I think you and I are smart enough. That we know we know what we're going to get from Norin, and I would just go down the Norin road. Um, one interesting note I want to bring up in that in that section is that you got Eric Cole hanging out there. So believe it or not, he took some weeks off. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe. I, I mean, I don't believe it either. But the big criticism on Cole all fall has been the driver, right? The driver is the problem. The driver is the problem. But the guy's last four starts are second, third, thirty fifth, and fourth. Like. If the drivers, I mean, he went to Zozo, driver was bad, runner up. I mean, like what, like, I think Cole's a legitimate guy to pay attention to here. You know, this has been that kind of place where uh, um, a younger, well, he's not a younger guy, but a newer guy that the tour steps up, plays really well, gets his first win. Like I think of like Mac Hughes and, and you know, like when he was a rookie winning there. And so like, I don't know, I, I go Noren and Cole here, whereas everyone I think, I mean, yeah. Would I bet JT, JT Poston to win it? Sure. But in the DFS strategy world, I think I might go the other way in the 9K. Yeah, the 9K range is a is a pretty heavy game theory range because I think there's going to be guys that are going to suck up a lot of the ownership. I think there's going to be some, some natural pivots. And you're right. I mean, Eric Cole, he's the only place he generally loses is, is off the tee. And he's even not putted as well recently and still finds his way towards the top of leaderboards. But he has been hovering around this win. He's been tiptoeing around it uh, all fall long. This might be the place that he breaks through. And he's at the bottom of that 9K range at $9,000. The the middle, I, I'm with you, Keith. I think, I think JT Poston's going to catch a lot of attention. But I want to point to one specific thing about him. Because if you look at his recent form, Great. You look at the way he should play at this golf course makes a ton of sense. You look at his actual course history, five missed cuts and seven trips. Is that concerning? Is it possible that this place just doesn't meet his eye, even though on paper 
it should be awesome, but these tournaments aren't played on paper. Well, here's the thing. I know you're working on new tabs for next year. You need a mafia tab because if you did one for Sea Island, okay? The fact of the matter is, Rick, outside of Harmon's second place last year, a lot of those guys, yeah. they, they don't play well there. And, and I have a theory behind that. It has a lot to do with being there. I'm around the property just like you are in the media center, you know, and you're there early in the morning and late at night. And these guys are there late at night that Matt Kuchar has to go to dinners. He has to have people over his house. Same thing with JT, same thing with Brian Harmon, right? Those they're not necessarily distractions because they're sleeping in their own bed, but they just take up time. Right. And it's, it's not the type of focus that I'm looking for, for a guy that might be a lot hungrier, like Norrin walking away from last week versus JT. And if you look at all those numbers, I mean, Kuchar's another one just doesn't play that great there. And you would think, geez, uh, man, why don't they play great there? Well, I could tell you this much where they live. Isn't always where they play the most. Yeah. You know, those are the facts. I, you know, I worked at Isleworth back in the day and we had nine touring professionals there. None more famous than Tiger Woods. Tiger didn't play golf there. He practiced a lot, but he didn't play the golf course a lot. Right. Why? Because he plays a lot of golf. They play five rounds a week with pro-ams all the time when they're out on tour, you know, so they accumulate all of that, all of that stress and golf all the time. So they're looking for breaks. Those guys don't go. They're not like sitting there with their kids and going, oh, hey, uh, I'm going to call up JT and D DL3 and let's go play Seaside again. They don't do that. <laughs> and I think that some of these guys that played in the SEC that we're going to feature later and everything that have played there in championships or maybe the Jones Cup, you know, that, that that's the type of guy that I'm looking for that's really hungry and isn't you know, hosting a dinner for 12 people where their wife is yelling at him saying like, Hey, did you take out the garbage? And I'm like, Hey, I, I like my tea times in, in an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the guys that play in uh, I think it's Tuesday's wiffle ball game might not be the guys that uh, you want to be rostering this week, a lot more responsibilities. Okay. Well, we, we continue down to this 8k range. And I think there's a lot of really interesting options here as well. It starts with a guy we've already referenced with Matt Kuchar at the top 8,900. Then we fill out the top of the 8ks with Steven Yeager, Denny McCarthy, Adam Svensson, our defending champion, Brandon Todd sits in the middle and then Billy Horschel, Luke List, Keith Mitchell, Akshay Batia, Alex Smalley and JJ Spawn round out the rest of this 8K range here, Keith. So a lot of opportunities. Where do we look to first? You know, of the, all the ranges, when the numbers came out today, this is the one I got the most excited about. I almost just wanted to draft six guys right in here if I could. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where um, Billy Horschel, yes. right? Love him this love week. Uh, I love the form that he's showing out on the DP World Tour. Uh, and exactly. I mean, you could pull it up right there. He went overseas this fall after he had a mediocre kind of season. He finished well, 3M well, Wyndham well. Then he goes over a couple top 20s across the pond um, on positional golf courses, you know, like La Golf National. Love that. The BMW, tough, tough tournament goes in there, fights there, gets a top 20, you know, finish. So somebody like Billy Horschel, who's been runner up here before and, and knows the property well, knows that range that you love and spoke so affectionately about well, has played there a long time. Todd Anderson was the director of instruction there a long time as his teacher. Um, Billy Horschel to me in that range. And, uh, well, I'll stop there. I, I, I'm going to get you excited about Billy Horschel and see where you go. Yeah, you got me all fired up here. I mean, I, I've already bet Billy at 40 to 1. I I, I love this, right? And if, if yeah. you're not seeing what he's doing on the DP World Tour, you've missed uh, three pretty darn good starts, and you're seeing a stat profile that is – 
very different than what we've got from him the rest of 2023, where he was pretty clear about some of the struggles that he was going through. But it, it feels like everything is starting to come together, and it's showing that in his results. And the thing I like about Billy is, I mean, he's a capable winner, Keith. You know, you get him in the mix. Oh, yeah. He is not afraid to win a golf tournament. There are some guys that can play well and they'll finish third and fourth or whatever. But when Billy gets in the heat of it, he's not afraid to win a golf tournament. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, there's a secret to playing Sea Island well or gaining on your competitors. And everyone's going to look at the approach buckets, Rick. They're going to they're look at that 100 to like 150 range and they're going to look at all those short par fours and everything. But the place where the guys make the biggest gains. And if you look at the guys that have won over the last couple of years, right, the place where they make the biggest gains in their approach play is long distance from 200 yards or more. So where are those shots coming in? Well, they're coming in on the par fives. They're coming in on those long par threes. That's where they're making the biggest gains. Everybody's great with a wedge in their hand right mm -hmm. now. It's somebody's weak with the putter, no doubt, but everyone's great with the wedge. Billy was known, and, and it, when he was striking the ball good, not necessarily this spring this year, but in his career, he was a great long iron player because he launches the ball high. I love this fit for him and where he's at in his game right now. So I, I'm pretty psyched about Billy Ho and uh, his opportunity this week. And there's another guy in the 8K range that plays very similar to him, but is much longer and much better off the tee. And he's kind of like, this week, he's like a poor man's Ludwig when you start to talk about OTT play, right? Okay. and it's. It's going to be like mm, low 50s in the morning, gonna be yeah. 70s in the afternoon. It's going to be coastal. And yeah. I could just see a little bit of cashmere coming out, Rick. All right. <laughs> yeah. Our man, Killer Keith. Right. You know where I'm going with this, because if you love, you know, Pebble as a comp, then you got to love Killer Keith this week. And he's been he's played this fall. So that's a prerequisite for me. Checks that box. And he's been just OK. But I think this is a place for him where we could see we could see Keith do something special. I, I kind of like him this week. Yeah, that's a pretty sneaky one, too, because I don't think he's going to garner a ton of ownership because there's a you know, situation down here where Akshay, Akshay was $10,000 last week and finished T20, which is another it's another fine result. And now he's $2,000 cheaper. So if you paid 10K for Akshay last week, I see a lot of people going back and paying $8,100 for Akshay. But then you also get you know, Adam Svensson is here at 8,600, our, our defending champion, and everybody wants to be on Denny's first win. So there's, you know, you look at this and, and Keith kind of gets, in my opinion, overlooked when these pro uh, ownership projections start rolling in the next day or so. And I think a little bit of long range, like I was getting into with Billy Ho, probably a little bit too in depth there in the weeds, but um, same thing with Ludwig we brought up. If you could drive the ball far and straight here, like Keith can, and you can hit your long clubs really good, I think you could start to separate. Again, This the DFS world is just like betting the outright. It's like splitting hairs. So like, mm -hmm. what is that factor going to be? What is the one thing that's going to separate you from the other 155 players? And I think Keith has that in the bag right now. Um, you know, yeah, popular, Akshay for sure. You're going to see a lot of people go after like another, It's are we going to do another T30 with Steven Yeager? I mean, like what, like, oh, I mean, you, you know, like it, it, at the end of the day, um, I just like that. And, and you know, I, I think Kuchar's in there. One top 10 and 11 starts there at RSM. Not going to do it. Brendan Todd, his numbers there at Sea Island are not good, right? So as much as he might be, you know, the Bishop of Bermuda, forget it, man. Like he, he's, for for all, for all intents and purposes, I, I don't see that in the 8K range. I mean, I, I like a long, 
like a, a great approach player who needs a little help with the with the putter, but maybe like a JJ Spawn, you know, mm-hmm. like a ball striker like that, especially if the weather gets a little shaky there on Thursday and even into Friday. JJ Spawn's got uh, back-to-back top 16 finishes here at this event. If I if I said to you, you could only play one of Denny McCarthy, Adam Svensson, Brendan Todd. You only get one of them. That's it. And you got to play one. Where are you going? Oh, man. I mean, McCarthy's all over podcasts. I mean, is he even practicing, right? You know, we've got um, Todd and then you've got Svensson. Svensson. So I don't know what you said to Svensson in Shrine at out at Shriners, but look at his start since then. He's going, he's trending in the wrong direction. And he was great early in the fall. I gave I him the, I gave him the the Rick run bad, is what I gave him. I, I don't know. Did you gave him the voodoo hex or something? Uh of those three, I guess I, I had I'd have to go Todd. Um, I like DMAC the best, but he hasn't played. And I and I think this is going to be a track meet. I, I so. think that. I think the Todd one's interesting because um, you know he's going to play out of the fairway. He's playing great golf. And what I think happens is so Brendan Todd is very popular five times a year, right? Just like the yeah. short golf, you know what I mean? And everybody's yeah. like, Brendan Todd, right? And that was that was Bermuda. And he finished T20, which a lot of people are going to just, oh, well, he didn't win. And now I'm done playing Brendan Todd for a while. A T20 is like, a, a fairly high end result for every single golfer in every single field. So it's not like he played poorly and everybody's going to forget about him. And and I know the record around here is not great, but it's still a pretty good setup for him. I have no problem going back to Todd on a non-traditional Todd course. In those three, I'll go Todd, but you talk about a relatively high finish. His last two starts at RSM were missed cuts and he's yeah. got one tap, t- one top 10 and nine starts there total. Not, so pretty. Yeah. I mean, that looks like Valentine's Day. It's not good. Yeah, it's really, it's really not good to have that much red. Um, no. any anybody else in this 8K range? We covered a lot of them. We're gonna take a break and continue down, but before we do, are there any anybody else or anything that we should note before we move on? I, I think you're gonna see a lot of Davis Thompson this week. I think you're gonna see, I think a lot of people are gonna overlook Vijegas. Mm. And Vijegas is another one of those guys. I th- I think that he's in good form. Uh, the way he flights the golf ball, it gets windy out there, you know, three rounds on seaside, you know how it's unprotected there. You've been there, right? Yeah. Um, he, you know, the way he played last week and, uh, he's old enough that he's not out celebrating this week. You know, he's, he's like, I got one more week to grind this thing out. Um, you know, his FedEx, what's his FedEx cup number, right? He's oh, still not yeah. in the top 125. No, I think right? he still has work to, I think he still has work to do. Yeah. So he's. No, he's moved up. Yeah, because he just got 500 points. He's moved up. But anyway, he's he's definitely one of those guys that, like, I, I don't know. I, I think you're going to see. I mean, I look at some of the other ones there. I guess Taylor Pendrith. I'm going to go for the trifecta there. Yeah. I'm, let's, you know, let's, so let's talk let's, about Taylor Pendrith. Let's dive into Taylor Pendrith. Let's dive into some more of these guys. We're First, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we're back. Here's what Taylor Pendrith has done. Runner up, or excuse me, T3 at Shriners, T15 at the WWT Championship, and T8 in Bermuda. This has been just Taylor Pendrith on a roll, Keith. Yeah, and he's he's gaining strokes all over the across the board. It's not just with the driver and the length with him, the approach game. Um, he's using the putter well, uh, which we like to see coming into this event. Uh, I I've I've bet him the last two weeks, and um, I, I can't see why I wouldn't do it again. Uh, sorry, I jumped the gun on the seven Ks. I didn't. Okay. I, I thought he's playing so good. I thought he was in the eights. That's my problem. <laughs> he should be. He should be. <laughs> he probably should be. Great value. Um, and he's got two great starts at RSM. He's got a twenty sixth and a fifteenth. So you look those up, and he's he's done well there. Yeah, and he's gained basically nine strokes putting in his two trips to the seaside course. And remember the seaside course is the only one that has historically been uh, with shot link laser. So that is only six rounds in two years on a shot link course. And he's gained nine strokes putting. So maybe something that really fits the eye when he gets on those surfaces, you know, you mentioned Davis Thompson and how popular uh, he could be this week, a, a university of Georgia guy who I think is, maturing rather quickly here Keith you know you're starting to see him put it together on the PGA tour do it via the ball striking and the tee to green play he's got uh, a stretch of really good golf here some of the best golf that we've seen from him as a professional I tell you what um I saw him at Wells Fargo he played the first two rounds with Matt Neesmith and your eventual winner Wyndham Clark and for for all intents and purposes I couldn't figure out why Davis Thompson was like, after two rounds, he was a bunch of strokes behind Wyndham. He hit the ball beautifully, but it didn't seem like he knew what he was doing. He didn't know how to like play the golf course or maybe just play golf. Uh, some of these guys are just so like uber talented that they don't necessarily have, you know, have their wits about them and, you know, just getting through the golf courses and, and learning about being on tour. Well, the maturation that he's gone through since Wells Fargo to now has had me bet him a couple times earlier this fall. Um, I loved his fit out there at the Shriners. And if you like it there, I mean, off the tee, he could let it fly here. The guy is really, really comfortable on Bermuda grass. I, I think he's a good play, but I also think he's going to be super, super popular. Yeah, I, I think he will too. I mean, the the bunch of great finishes or decent finishes, a lot of green on the card. It's going to be hard to avoid that. You know, you mentioned guys like Taylor Pendrith who might be a little bit undervalued. I think Matty Schmid is coming in fairly undervalued, right? He had the runner-up finish at the Andalusia Masters. He finished uh, third in Bermuda. He's playing some great golf right now. For him to be 7,500 in the same conversation as Doug Gim, Mark Hubbard, Cal and Taren, no offense to those guys. Like it just feels a little bit off to me. Well, you know, I always come up with these crazy ideas, Rick, you know, as a PGA pro, like I'm breaking down the golf course. And I, the one thing that I don't ever read when they're talking about seaside is that this is a par 70 golf course, right? Mm -hmm. So who are our best par 70 players in this field? 
right? And one of the guys that has a lot of experience there, he took lessons there, he's won there, but Chris Kirk, he's the fourth best par 70 scorer in this field, right? And there's a guy, great wedge game, puts the ball in play. I mean, look what he did at the Honda. Obviously, he can put Bermuda. Um, the resurgence he's had in his career, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, like, I, you got to pay attention to the fact that a guy that can play well on par 70 golf courses, which is going to be three quarters of the rounds this week, is a different type of player than the guy that plays well on a par 72 golf course, right? They're much better on par four scoring. They have to be because there's there's just far less par fives to make up those birdies. So I would pay attention to, to guys like that and other guys that are in that like top 10. And we've already talked about them. Keith Mitchell, Billy Horschel, JT Poston, Mac Hughes. All those guys are really good par 70 scorers in this field. And if you're on the fence, you know, run a report with those. You know, if you're if you're picking between two guys, and and that's why I would lean with some of them because, you know, it's just when you don't get those two extra par strokes, it makes a big difference for some of these guys. Yeah, it certainly does. It's a different course, uh, yeah, course composition, and 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 throws things uh, through a loop sometimes. Now you get to the bottom of this seven K range, you start to get into some some value options here, Keith, and some guys like. Webb Simpson, whose record around this place is basically unbeatable, but I guess questions about recent form and how much he's played come into, into conversation. Is there anybody at the bottom of this 7K range that you think is worth taking a flyer on? Well, I tell you, you know, Vince Whaley's been impressive. Yes. Georgia Tech, obviously you can play Bermuda grass. Um, you know, I, I was talking to some folks last week on a pod and we were talking about Vince. So he practices out of the golf club of Georgia. And so I see him fairly often because I have a student that practices out of there. And Vince is an unbelievable ball striker. He's uber long, but very straight. And he is just, just really, really good ball striker. Very poor putter. Um, he's from Texas. He's from the Dallas area. He switched teachers this past summer. He's been working a lot on a short game and you can see the numbers and you can see the finishes and the putter is coming around. So the putter is starting to catch up with the ball striking. And it could be, you know, we saw a lot of it in Bermuda, but it could be one of those things where, you know, he's played Sea Island a bunch of times, having gone to Georgia Tech competitively. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a place that's familiar for him and he's in good form. And, you know, he, he played a lot of Corn Ferry starts this year and he doesn't want to do that. I've talked to him about it. So, like, he he's definitely one of those guys that will be fired up this week to really compete hard and just put in one more good hard week and see how low he can get that number. Yeah, a lot to play for for a lot of these guys, especially especially Vince Whaley, who's had a phenomenal fall, and even going back to you know some of his last starts on the Corn Ferry Tour. So he is hanging out at oh, uh, where did I just see his? Play? He was like seventy two hundred. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, seventy two hundred. I scrolled, I scrolled right past him. Seventy two hundred for Vince Whaley, kind of in the same spot as Sam Ryder, Webb Simpson, and Scott Stallings. Um, the one other golfer that I did not want to get past is actually at the top of this range is Chesson Hadley, who, yeah. yeah, right. I didn't want to get too far away here. Back to back seventh place finishes for him in Vegas and in Cabo. And I see this here, Keith, where he's starting to pile up significant gains on the second shot. And he's always a very, very good putter. So the ability to kind of marry those two, a lot of confidence, hasn't missed the cuts since, since John Deere, you, you look at the, the, the rolling, you know, cumulative strokes gain that, that is a up into the right trajectory for Chesson Hadley. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be snapping a lot this week. He'll make his fair <laughs> share of birdies, but 
Um, all right, Rick. I, I actually had him as a fade this week because okay. he's gonna mod he's gonna model really well, but he's got 10 starts here. Yeah, he has no top tens and he has no top twenties. Right. So like and he went to Georgia Tech. So for all the reasons that I loved Whaley, he's played there a bunch, and for some reason it hasn't been working. And he's played good like in that area. Remember when he was really good down at Congaree a couple of years ago when Garrick Higo won and took him overtook him in the last round? I just think he's gonna be he's gonna be super popular. And I think he's one of those guys that you can favor to fade and you're you're not gonna be burned by that. I yeah, just so you know this this is really um the course history is a problem, and especially because I I think more so than other weeks, um, it matters around here. Not not only the not only the course rotation, but the the nuances of these golf courses and the way they they even play differently from one another, and having to to deal with that from day in to day out. I, I think course history is rather important this week, at least compared to an average week. So yeah, this is shockingly bad for what Chesson has been doing in in ten trips. And and I would flip it for a second, Rick. And I would say in this range, like, what are you looking for in the seven Ks? What do you, what is the, forget the names. What do you want out of this guy? Cause it's not necessarily an outright winner, right? I mean, you'd love a top 10 or something right. like that. Right. But what are we looking for? We need a guy to, mi- to make the cut who's solid and, you know, kind of epitomizes the things we're looking for this week. So I, I looked away from Hadley because I had concerns about course history. And then I went down to 7,400. I think he's at 7,400, but Adam Shank, this guy was like the hottest guy. I mean, that guy finished ninth at the Mm -hmm. tour championship. He was essentially the ninth best golfer on tour this year, Adam Shank. And he has a teammate that won there in Tyler Duncan. They're both boilermakers at Purdue, right? Shank's great on approach, right? He's good on positional golf courses and he's an excellent putter. So he's already played once this fall. Could Adam Shank, I mean, again, we're in the 7,000, 7,400 range. I mean, what do we want? We want that guy to make the cut. We want him to finish in the top 20 at least and to put some birdie strings together. Well, his putter could do that and his ball striking could, could lead him down that road to a lot of birdie chances. What I love about Adam Shank is when he plays well, he has legitimate top 10 upside. And there are some guys that when they play their best golf, it's, you're just, you're not going to be able to squeeze that out of it. And you can see, I mean, the times where he has a good approach week, gains four, five, six strokes on approach. He turns it into results. It's not like he has to do multiple things well. And and you see it. It's it's a, a very high upside, a little bit of a potentially lower floor. He might miss a couple cuts in there, but there are not many guys in this portion of this pricing board that could pile up top tens like Adam Schenk can. I mean, there's a lot of names there in the 7K range. If you run a report where it's, you know, just the best approach players and the best putters, right? He's on that report and he's high up on it. And like, that's what you need to do there. It's it's just simply what you need to do. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, let's go scrape the bottom of the barrel here. The six K range uh, starts with Carson young, not to be confused with Cameron young, Grayson Sig, Hayden Buckley, all amongst the nine uh, $6,900 golfers, the middle of this range that gets you into Bryce Garnett, Doc Redman, Frankie Molinari, that type of situation. And the very bottom, uh, if you want access to Paul Haley, if you want access to Davis Love the Third, if you want access to Jim Herman, you've got it down there at the bottom. So, uh, Keith, how are we filling out the bottom of our rosters here? Uh, there's a couple names down there that I think are good fits, um, especially since you've alluded to the fact that y- you love a little course history or you know some fond experience there out at the Sea Island Resort in the Golden Isles, right? Uh, how about Grayson Sig? He's your course record holder. At, he shot 58 on Seaside. 
Is that good? Um, 58, not 59, 58. Is that good? That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and he was good on the back nine too. No, he shot 58. He shot 12 under, okay? <laughs> and um, he plays there a lot. Good, you know, good Southeastern Conference player. Um, you know, he's definitely one of those guys, Georgia guy that, uh, oh man, definitely, definitely I would keep my eye on him. Um, I love myself a little Flash Gordon down there too. He's got some good yeah. course history. Uh, so Will Gordon, and Will Gordon's been playing good this fall. He's he he's a guy in the six K that could win. I agree. I, I think we have to take Will Gordon seriously because um, he's got yeah. immense talent that he is not put together as as frequently as he would like. But he goes T twenty one at Zozo, T fifteen at Cabo, and then you combine it with two top 15 finishes in his three trips here. And you think that, Hey, the timing might be right. He's going to one of the courses that he's played the best at in his career. Like I already said, immense talent. Th th this is that, that feels about right to get the Will Gordon. I mean, those are the names that, I mean, when we're, we're in the six K range, you, you're not going to get a lot of names. So, no. uh, I, the, you know, one other name that really good wedge player, good putter, good player there, Patton Kazire. Another guy might have my, you know, might might be watching. But other than that, I, you know, I I looked for you, Rick. But um, yeah, the only it, it, it's it's week forty five or week forty six. <laughs> you know, so come on. The only other one that I'd consider is um, Grayson Murray, who's won twice in his last twelve starts or so. Now both of them were on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. He won the Simmons Bank in in September. Um, but there are not a lot of golfers in the six K range with the upside of nine, ten, eleven, twelve strokes gain to the field no matter what tour it is like uh yeah. gracie murray has done and he did it at john deere he did it at the barbasol so he's the other one that i think is uh terrifying i think there's a decent chance he misses the cut but if he puts it all together he, he plays well he can he can make a lot of noise at this place i don't disagree with that whatsoever for sure um it's not a stellar 6k field but i think there's there's a couple value names there um could i entice you with kevin kisner $6,800. He's the same price as Grayson Murray. He actually, uh, you, you look at his profile. So he did not play from the Memorial. <laughs> he slope. <laughs> yeah. He did not play from the Memorial to the Fortinet. So he's played twice this fall, 62nd, 51st, um, lots of red 2023 was not the year that Kevin Kisner wanted, but you look at his history around sea Island and it's pretty darn gorgeous. Rick, this is the RSM classic, not the Barstool classic. Move on. All right. <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't know if I can top that. I think we just have to stop right now. I don't know if I can top that at all. That's pretty good. Uh, um, trying to think if there's anybody else, but no, I think that's it. All right, Josh, you can stop scared, uh, sharing my screen now. Uh, Keith Stewart, read the line. You put out a – it's a phenomenal website, phenomenal newsletter. Where can we – Find your work. Where can we get more access to you? Oh, well, you could go to readtheline.com and uh, you could subscribe. There's a free version and uh, just check it out. And if you love it, then there's a paid version. But um, you'll also see on my website, I'm published. Uh, I do betting previews for Sports Illustrated, the Sporting News, PGA Tours, Golf Bet, the LPGA. I do cover the ladies. Yeah. So I, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, I had three ladies wins this fall and they they wrap up this week at the cme group tour championship their top 60s playing down in naples that's going to be a cool event and uh you know rick just appreciate being with you you know i love talking about this stuff i'm glad you mentioned the ladies because you know keith and i for those we spend a lot of time on golf courses walking around chatting with each other and yep. 
I, I, I love that you are ahead of the game on the LPGA because the, I'm starting to see more and more offerings at sites and fantasy sites and, and just having it on television more frequently to follow along with it. And you're already providing the content there and doing it very well, which I love. Well, thank you. I mean, um, experts like yourself in the golf space, Rick, know that there's, there's, you know, um, angles to be played in all of these, you know, and whether it's leverage in DFS or it's knowledge in sports betting and, uh, the LPGA and the the brokers that are working with them are, are behind the game a little bit. There's not, there's not as much attention and focus there and you know, yeah, because the dollars aren't there, but, um, they still pay. And when it's, you know, and when you, when you have angel, angel yin in Singapore and she wins at 50 to one and you wake up on a Sunday morning and you don't even have to sweat, it's already in the bank account. I mean, life is good at read the line, my friend. Still, still pays for sure. That's ex- that's oh, yeah. exactly right. All right, awesome. Uh, big thanks to producer Josh. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Keith Stewart from Read the Line, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 